0: Um, I'm going to tell you now that this message is really heavy on my heart. I, 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 it, it, this is about prayer. It's about walking with God. Daniel um, had this walk with God. And, and, and I'm so burdened about this because I think in our lives we, we crave that Daniel and the lion's den victories. Now, I'm not saying, God, throw me to the lions or I want to be in that situation at all. None of us would ever want that but the, the, but the victory, there's a reason that we love to talk about these victories. We love to tell people the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And let me tell you what happened. Jesus was in the midst of them. And everybody goes, amen, praise God. And we get so excited about that. Daniel went in the lion's den, surrounded by the lions. And God was with him in the middle of that. We love these stories. But the question is, do we get so wrapped up in the victory that we forget about the walk? It wasn't just the victory that I had. And I think that that is a problem that we, we we're challenged with even today with in church when it comes to songs. We, we sing songs about the power of God, the move of God. And, and, and I love the song Waymaker, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Light in the Darkness. God, God, God busts through and does what man cannot do. I love this song about the same God. God, you were with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You were with Mary. You were all those. And God, I need you to be with me too. But, but the thing is, God's not just wanting our hearts to crave the victory that they had, but the walk that they lived as well. Right, right. If we don't learn to walk the walk and not just crave the victory, then we're never going to have the victory if we don't walk the walk. Right. Yep. There's two parts to this. Let me show you this. In Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll be in Daniel in just a minute, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. You, you know what the word strong implies? It literally means to have more strength than what you normally do. To be strong in the Lord. The opposite of being strong in the Lord is to be weak. Now let me, let me share my heart with you guys. Don't get mad at me. Just, just hear my heart. I believe in our generation that we have a lot of Christian wimps. Christian wimps. We love the t-shirts that talk about the power of God. We love the, the names of God. We love services we love the the spirit moving and the worship services and we get so wrapped up in those but but i'm going to tell you now when problems come and things happen do we do we buckle and fall apart we just literally melt it's like where is god and i thought god loved me and where is the god of those songs and all this we, we just become spiritual sissies spiritual wimps we, we melt and we fall apart and we, we buckle and when something happens in our marriage, it's over. I'm telling you it's over. It's like, well, what about the God of this song? Well, that's different. No it's the same God. I thought it was the same God. He is the same. Be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Literally, be ready to be able to face whatever comes your way, and it's not your strength, it's God's strength. Notice how it is, in verse 11. Put on, put on, put on the full armor of God that you might be able to stand against the little, uh, wiles of, of the devil. And literally, put on, it, it literally means what you're about to hear, you've got to do it. You've got to put it on. You've got to apply it. If you're cold outside and I said, you know what, this jacket would help you. And you go outside holding the jacket, you're like, I'm still freezing cold. Well, here's the thing. Um, you got to put it on. And so many Christians today, it's like, God is good, and God is faithful, and God is this, and God is that. And God says, will you apply those things, please? You've got to apply those. You've got to put on the full armor of God, every aspect. Put on the full armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The opposite of standing is falling. When you fall apart, you get pushed down and pushed down and You fall apart because you're not putting on the things that God has given us to do. This kumbaya Christianity is not going to work. This feel good, you know, I've been there, heard the song, bought the t shirt kind of Christianity. If you're going to war, it requires training. And you can't be weak or you'll fall apart. It says this, if you go down the end, if it tells us how to train or what to put on or what to do. Is the application of this. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Then the verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Pray, walk with God. What, what what does this mean? It's literally God's saying this walk with God or putting it on. He gives the application. He said it's more than just being aware of the presence of God. It goes so much deeper than that. It's a matter of that I'm going to pray always and I'm going to walk with God in his word. I'm going to let God speak to me and I'm going to speak to him. And, and it's this relationship that we have. And as a result to that, that's where the bravery comes from. Something changes in our life as the result of this keep reading verse 19 For and for me that utterance might be given unto me that I might open my mouth boldly that's not being a sissy that's not being a wimp he said I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go before them I'm gonna open my mouth I'm gonna be ambassador of Christ he says that in the next verse he, he says in verse 20 for which I am an ambassador in bonds that I might speak boldly as I ought to speak to get with And here's the thing. We want the second part of that verse. We, we want the end part of that. We want to, I want to speak boldly. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a leader. I want to I make a difference. But then we skip verse 16, 17, 18. And it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Bravery is not a feeling. Bravery is not a decision. You know, it's like being healthy. It's like, Man, doctor tells me, you're really out of shape. Well, I decided I'm going to be healthy. Okay, that's great. What are you doing? Oh, well, I just decided I'm going to be. I'm determined. So what are you doing? Are you dieting, exercising? No, I'm not doing any of those things. Well, you can decide all day long. And I think that's what happens. We get in church and like, I'm going to walk. I'm going to be brave. I'm, I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to lead my family. I'm going, I'm going to be different. Well, you can decide all you want until, until you put on the things of God. There won't be action to follow it. It's the way that God created us. Now, let me remind you, our identity comes from Christ. You want to know what you do? It comes from Christ. So we put this in reverse. Bravery comes from faith. Faith comes from conviction. Conviction is what is in my heart. If I'm going to act out what I've decided in my heart. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they put the pressure on them, they said, I will not bow. I cannot bow. You know why? I know in my heart that I can't. Do you have some things in your heart that are settled in this way? Conviction comes from your walk with God. That's what we're talking about today. And your walk with God starts with your identity. You're not going to walk with somebody you don't know. You're not going to walk with somebody you think that you don't need. Daniel knew in his heart, I cannot face one moment of my life without God. But last week we looked at this identity. And if you want to know who you are You've got to be close to the one that created you. And God tells me, I am who you say I am. I I know who I am. I know what I do. And as a result of that, I can't get away from God. I can't just walk into this world because I know that he is my author, my creator. He is my strength. I'm going to go with him in life. So you've got to start with your identity in Christ. But then that leads us to a walk with God. Starts with our identity in Christ and leads to this. Let me show you in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Now watch this. This is such a big part of this. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself of a portion of the king's meat, nor would the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. The king's meat was meat offered to idols. Daniel just knew. I know what you guys are doing, but he said, I, I can't do that. This is such a big part. You guys know that I, I love you and I'm here just to preach truth. We struggle so much in our generation of wanting an outpouring of God, wanting a touch of God, wanting healing of God. I mean, we just prayed about Jason, and 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 I'm I'm praying over Logan, and, and you're praying over your situation. And I know that every there's tons of us out there that are there. There's something of God that I need. But let me tell you that this is God does not work in our terms. God doesn't work in our terms. Because here's what we do. We want to stand with God, and I want the power of God, and I want the Daniel and the lion's den moments. But then we run to the world. You know what David was saying in this passage, or or Daniel was saying in this passage? He was saying to them, he said, listen, I know what the world is doing, but I'm here to tell you that I cannot do that. Because you can't have the power of a righteous God when you're living in an unrighteous lifestyle. And I know that's unpopular to say because here's the thing that we want. I want one foot in the world and I want the power of God and I want one foot over here to do what my flesh wants to do and the two do not mix. And instead all we have is frustrated people. It's like, I don't understand why I never experienced victory. I don't understand why God's not working. And it's so frustrating to see what God's doing in everybody else's life and to read the story but God's not doing in my life. The Bible tells us very clearly a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways which literally means you can't run to the world and do the things that God says don't touch during the week and then just run back to church and wave our hands about the victory that we have in God. It's double-minded. I want both sides and it doesn't work that way. Here's the thing. There are just some things that we need to decide in our hearts that I am not going to do. There are some things that everybody else is doing, and let me tell you, in that culture with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could have easily said that, well, everybody else is eating it, and that's just what everybody does. It's it's time that Christians stop adapting to the world around us. You say, I don't know what to say no to. Oh, you don't have to worry about it. God tells us. You don't have to figure it out. You know why? Because Con- your, your, your identity with Christ leads us to a walk with God. and Your walk with God leads us to conviction. Leave out any of those things and it's not going to make sense. It's not going to add up. Uh, Joshua went before the people. and He just simply said to them, choose you this day whom you will serve. Let me tell you, as we get into this message today, I, I, I need you to just put it out there. A lot of the things that we're going to talk about today will never happen in your life until you make a decision to follow Jesus. Just choose you this day. And I, I, I put it right here. I, I say, hey, isn't it cool to see the teens over here? You guys thrill my heart. I love to preach and see you guys over here. I love this. This is awesome. I, I, I love hanging out with this group. You want, you want to know, be part of something where God is working, God's moving. It's in these teens' lives. I love this. Yeah. But I can tell you the future of the teens to see what God's going to do is the decisions that you make in your life. Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But he said, it's for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. It's just made up in my mind that I don't care what the world does and I don't care about the direction that they go, but I just know me, that there's not a chance in the world that I can adapt to that. I am not going in that direction. There's just some things that you need to say no to. There's some things that you need to cut out of your life. You know why? Because you cannot serve both. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We're called to be Christ-like. Well, here it is. They honored Daniel's request. They knew that there was something unique and special about Daniel. They knew that something was there. And they put Daniel on a whole different diet. And after a certain amount of days, they went back to him and they, was, they were healthier than everybody else. It's amazing how God will open doors and bless you when you just decide to do things God's way. But in our minds, we're thinking, I can't do that. Everything's going to fall apart. I won't be popular. I won't get the raise. I won't get the position. I won't be able to play whatever the thing is in the situation that you're in. The devil will play mind tricks on you just saying your life is going to fall apart. In reality, when a man's ways serve the Lord, when a man's heart serves the Lord and pleases the Lord, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's yeah. what God does. And so here it is. God turns this around. Now watch what happens. Daniel does, God does uh, great things with this. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, Now God hath brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. God was using their testimony to be able to do something because they stood out. There's something different and unique about these guys. We've lost our distinction today. When we adapt to everything, we bow to everything, we, we just, whatever, go, whatever it is to go with the flow, we, we lose our distinction in life. But watch what God does when we begin to reject the way of the world. and We live unto God. Verse 17. And he says this. For these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding and all vision and dreams. Now at the end of the days, the king said that he should bring them in. And the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. And among them all uh, was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king. There was a reason. I, let me tell you, this is so cool. I, I, I can't wait until next year, week's message because I'm telling you that all of this is going to make sense. But everything that they were going through, the separation, living unto God, I can't do this. I'm going to pray three times a day, was all a setup for God to be glorified. Everything that they were going through. They, here, here's these guys that were outcasts. They came in in exile, and they're standing before the king. God opened doors of opportunity that they would have never had. And I can't wait to explain what that looks like next week. God opens doors to people that love, that love him and want to serve him. God's going to open doors for you guys when you say, I'm, I'm not going in that direction. I'm going to please God. And you're thinking, "This I'm not making a difference. And you have no idea that the trial that you're going through today is a setup for the glory of God tomorrow. I know it's a setup. That's what's going on in this passage. And in all matters and wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than the magicians and the astrologers which were in his realm. Now, how could that be? You know, it's funny. If you want to know the truth, just go to the people that have the truth. I'm an ambassador, but I'm not an ambassador of Fellowship Baptist Church. I'm not even an ambassador of being a Baptist. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. See, when I walk with God and I get to go into the world, I, I, I carry with, guys, I carry with me something that they need. And they were like, I don't know that Daniel guy and his buddies that he hangs out with. When I get around them, they, I hear truth in a way that I don't hear from anybody else because Satan is a liar and he's the father of it. Yes. Christians should be ambassadors of the truth of God's word. They found help in God's people. In Daniel 1, verse 21, and Daniel continued even to the first year of Cyrus, King Cyrus so let me, let me break this down. What I'm about to show you guys right now would radically change our church. When I say I have a burden for what I'm about to preach on, I, I, I mean this so much. I, I have a burden for what I'm preaching on. Let me put it this way. What I'm preaching on today is one of the most important messages I've ever preached in all my life. Now, I'm not talking that we've got our salvation and who Jesus Christ is, but this is a a foundational principle of our walk with God. This is a foundational principle to everything that we do. What I'm talking about will make or break you in your Christian life. It will determine whether you're going to be a good dad or a bad dad, a good mom or a bad dad. You know what I mean. (laughs) But it's all right here in the foundation of this. If you're going to win the war, you better be strong in your walk. Watch what happens. Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dreams. Wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep brake from him. And the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans. And to show them the, the king's his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and they said unto him, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know them. So he brings in all these people. Now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel was not brought in with them, but he's standing. They're all standing before the king. Every one of them, one by one, admitted to them, "We have no idea how to interpret your dream." They had no idea. They had no knowledge of this. They had no skill to be able to back this up. They were they were lost in their their words. they, they didn't know what to say or anything, what to do. They were in trouble. The king gets mad. He responds and says, if you're not going to help me in this way and I had this dream, I want you all dead. So he puts out a decree that they're all going to die. I want you guys to look at verse 13. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Let me tell you guys, the lion's den was not the first opposition that they faced. And a lot of times we're like, Daniel in the lion's den. And Daniel would be like, well, let me tell you way back over here they threatened to kill me before I ever was thrown in the, Daniel, in the lines in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would tell you well, hey before that ever happened we, we were up against the fiery furnace you guys realize that if you can't handle some of the little issues today you'll never handle the big issues that are coming our way yep. that, that is why we don't never mind let's keep going I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting there <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys what did they do what did Daniel do Daniel didn't run in fear. Daniel didn't fall apart. Daniel didn't shake his fist at God going, where are you? I thought you loved me. I, I, I thought you cared about me. None of these things happen. Your walk with God today will determine the strength and trials tomorrow. Yeah. You want to know how strong you'll be tomorrow? I'm going to ask you, what are you doing today? Your victories tomorrow depends on your prayer, lift, prayer life today. It's as simple as it gets. And we are a generation, we are people that are so busy that the idea of having time alone with God is something that we try to squeeze in when we can. We have lost our priorities, which we have lost the power of God. We crave it so bad, we talk about it, we sing about all these things, but your spiritual disciplines today determine the victories that you'll have tomorrow. Notice verse 15. And he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? And Arioch made this thing known unto Daniel. And Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time, that he would show the king the interpretation. Daniel went into his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions. That they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret. And Daniel and his fellows would not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. He was that the secret was revealed unto Daniel in night in a vision. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel gets on his knees and he goes straight to God before he ever faces the issue. Daniel gets on his knees and he goes to the God that made him, where his identity came from in order to face the, the trials of today. Bravery requires us to walk with God. Requires us. We must have spiritual disciplines in our lives. I'm not saying it's optional. The things that I'm giving you right now, I'm not going to say are good recommendations. I am telling you right now, this goes from standing or falling, winning or losing, being defeated in life or having victories in life. What we're about to talk about is a make or break deal. It's not an option. If it's not in your life, prepare, be prepared to fail. If it's not in your habits, be prepared to fall on your face. Don't get up and blame God when God gave us the battle plan and say this is what it is. Don't blame God for being cold when you don't put put on the coat. These are the spiritual disciplines that he explained in here. Bravery requires us to walk with God. Number one, we must have spiritual disciplines in our lives. You have to. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 For bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness, that is living unto God, the things that we know is profitable unto all things. Literally, he uses this comparison, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to use the same comparison as we get into this. He talked about bodily exercise. So this is a good visual of this, okay? You guys ready? This, this, is, a, this is a visual of bodily exercise. I'm going to do this. Now let me tell you, when it comes to bodily exercise... This, making this a habit in our lives, and I'm talking about anything that is bodily exercise or anything that is healthy for us. When the doctor says you need to drink more water, you're like, okay, I'll drink it. Until you have to drink it and you'd rather have Mountain Dew, you'd rather have iced tea, you'd rather have iced coffee. You guys know what I'm talking about. Just because I have a knowledge of it doesn't mean I'm going to apply it because my flesh resists every single time that I do it. Bible says, you, or the, your doctor says, you need to get out more. You need to walk. You need to get your blood pumping. I know that I need to do it. But then it's hot, and then it's cold, and then, and then I just don't want to. And then, you know, I'm waiting for my show to be over, and they have a thousand excuses. I, 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 had a, I, I had a problem this past week. I'm going to confess my sins to you guys, okay? Here's what I did. I went to the doctor, and they told me that I had a cavity. I had a cavity. You know why that bothers me so much? Because I'm not somebody that had cavities. That meant that I could rub it in my kids' faces, that they, they have problems with their teeth, and I didn't. OK, you can judge me for that, but I loved holding that over their head. I don't have any cavities. Now you do. I didn't know you could get a yeah, now I do. Thank you, sister. Keep me humble. Keep me humble.") You're welcome. I said, "Ma'am, I don't even know where I'd have a cavity. I, I checked my teeth all the time. She said, "The cavity is between your teeth." She said, "Do you floss?" No, I don't floss. That hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's like, I did that. She said, if you don't make that a regular practice in your life, then you're going to continue to have cavities in this way. The decisions and the things that you do today will determine the outcome of your life tomorrow. Let me show you some of these. And and this this is off topic, but it's not off topic. See, The things that we do when it comes to spiritual things like this, this is uncomfortable. It is needed for my life, but it's not easy to do. And some of these things that I'm going to tell you in our life, there are things that we know we should do, but they become uncomfortable. Or we justify why we don't do them. Spiritual discipline, number one, that God's given us is to pray. Daniel chapter two, Daniel chapter six, and Daniel chapter nine. You know what all those things are about? It was Daniel getting on his knees before God and him praying. Praying is more than just this, now I lay me down to sleep. I'm not talking about kumbaya Christianity. I'm not talking about going through the motions. And I'm talking about more than just, hey, we need to pray before we eat. This is understanding that when Jesus was going into uh, the wilderness, he, he prayed and fasted before he went to the cross. He prayed and fasted. We, the Bible is very clear that without the power and the presence of God, we fall apart. You cannot make it without praying. So hope the rest of this will be about this. Number two is our Bible reading. The Bible says, Study the show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm telling you, Sunday is great, Sunday is great. Listen to this. This is the problem that we have with our lives. When it comes to Bible reading, when it comes to praying, when it comes to fasting, Jesus gave us the spiritual discipline. You fast. When he was talking to the disciples, he said, when ye fast, not if you fast. We want the outcome and the pouring of God and the presence of God working through our lives. But I'm going to just ask you, when's the last time we fasted? When's the last time? I don't have to raise your hand by any means. When's the last time we got so caught up in prayer that we lost track of time? How is it in our generation that we can advertise a potluck and have to put out more chairs and tables? We can offer a prayer meeting and we can't even fill this circle. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm just talking about how dare we get so pumped up about the songs that we sing in church about God be the mountain mover and miracle worker and God says you can't even bow your knees bowing your knees for five minutes and you're telling me that you want the hand of God without seeking the face of God. We have issues today and we're constantly failing and we're constantly falling and we're constantly weak and we blame God for it. Church is another spiritual discipline. He said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. You know why? Because just like exercise, just like this, I need to exercise my faith. I need to put it in action. I need to physically do something to walk into a place to get fellowship. That's not saying that you can't learn on yourself by yourself. It's not saying that you can't learn from Facebook Live and all the other things that we have. But let me tell you what that digital aspect of it cannot do. It cannot bring you into fellowship with other people. Good morning. How are you? Try doing that online. <laughs> you smack your TV. You'll just have to replace it. God has a reason for these things. So here's a problem. I can talk break all day long about my gym membership. Like I have a gym membership. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, man, my gym membership could change your life. Man, you could be fit with your gym membership. Man, you get there. Let me tell you about all the machines that they have at my gym membership. Man, they've got things that make you strong and change your life, and I've got the t-shirt, and I've got the bag, and I've got the gym. I've got all these things, whatever. But this is, this is what we're doing in our Christian life today. We, we talk about the things of God so much, and we don't experience it. We gather in church to get all hyped up about the lyrics. And don't get me wrong, I love to sing and praise God. But let me tell you, you need to fall in love with the God of the lyrics. You need to walk with the God that we're singing about. It's not just the words that I say, but it's the actions that I live. So we get so amped up about talking about our gym membership, and that's what we do. And and the Bible is literally saying, this is is where it's at right here. It's literally living out the word of God. I don't feel like it, but let me tell you, I'm going to get up early, and I'm going to get on my knees before God. You say, why am I doing that? Because it's a spiritual discipline in my life that I know that the strength that it brings me today will help me face tomorrow. But here's what we do oftentimes in life. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm unfit. The doctor says, if you don't do something about your health, you're going to get in trouble. So what do we do? We run over here. It's like, okay, all right, I'm going to do better. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to drink a gallon of water. I'm going to take five vitamins today. I'm going to do all these things. Two days later, you're done with it. You guys know that I'm, I'm being serious about that. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It gets amped up in our head, but it's the same thing we do spiritually. We start having problems with our kids, and then we run to church. We start having problems in our marriage, and then we run to this. God has no desire to be a band-aid in your life. God's not looking to be your crutch. And I'm not saying that he's not the healer, and that's not what I'm saying by this at all. Just saying that we have have messed up our thinking and our mindset when it comes to God. Daniel had this, this, this habit in his life of regularly walking with God. You know why? Because this is where strength comes from. Do you guys get this? This is where strength comes from. Do you want to be strong tomorrow? You better be on your knees today. This is where strength comes from. It's not a matter of running over there when you get into a spot and you're asking God to fix you up or fix this and fix that. Put your kid into counseling and do it. And I'm not saying none of those things are bad, but I'm telling you right now, what are you doing with your walk with God? Let me show you what Daniel does. We must make it a priority to pray. This is how we walk with God. Daniel in chapters 1 and 2, were the beginning of their captivity, and time passes by. By the time Daniel goes into the lion's den, at the beginning of Daniel, do you guys know how old Daniel was? It was speculated that he was in his teenage years. He was a teenager. By the time Daniel walks into the lion's den, he's in his 80s. He, they were in captivity for 70 years. Do you know what I find when they threaten Daniel at the beginning of it? They find, you find him praying on his knees before God. You know what you find at the end of it? You find Daniel on his knees before God. It wasn't Daniel ran to God because he had problems. He walked with God because he knew he would have problems. That is the difference in every one of our lives. And I'm not just talking about praying. I'm talking about fasting. We, 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 we want the breakthroughs. We want the spiritual breakthroughs that God's going to give us, but we don't want the spiritual disciplines that lead to those things. No spiritual disciplines, no spiritual strength. That's just the way that it is. And until we wake up to the reality of these things, it's not going to change. But Daniel had a priority in his life to pray. Daniel hears that they made this decree that anybody that prays, that they're going to be thrown in the lion's den. Now I'm fast forwarding a little bit. Let me show you what Daniel does. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went in his house. And when the windows being opened to the chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks to God, as he did aforetime. four then these men were assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. Let's just be honest. We struggle to pray. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just being truth, truthful with you is We struggle to pray. We can talk about with prayer, we can move mountains. But we struggle to even turn off the TV early enough or to turn off our TikTok viewing or whatever we're doing. That time that we invest in all that. We find times to do everything in the world to consume our time and consume our mind. And yet we talk about the power of God coming through prayer. And yet we we, we don't make a habit or a, a spiritual discipline in our lives to do these things. Now, what was going on in Daniel's life? They literally said, if you pray, you're going to die. Do you know what Daniel did when he found that out? Got on his knees and began to pray. You know what the priority was? You can take my life, but please don't try to take me away from my God. Even in the facing the lion's den, I need God more than I need anything. Uh, let me ask, what does it take to alter our prayer life today? It could just be the season finale and we can't turn off the TV and all of a sudden we don't have time to pray. It could be because we got in line too, too fast or the, the, the line was going too slow at a fast food restaurant, we didn't have time to pray. It made us late for work or whatever. It's just our, our priorities have gotten so off whack and all of a sudden we realize that the, the power of God is, that changes everything. Our, the power of prayer is our connection to God as a whole. Prayer is our defense against the enemy. How can we, how can we possibly survive without praying and yet we find our, our, our weeks filled with absence of prayer? What has happened to us? What has happened to us? I want to do whatever it takes to stop in the service to pray. I want to spend more time with my kids at home in prayer. I want to shut the mouths of lions, and I can't do that without being in the prayer closet with God. I I, I don't want... I don't want fancy song lyrics. I don't want emotional feelings. I, because the thing is the lions are out there and we're being we're being ripped apart. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to. To, to, to be defiled with these things. And he, he had this relationship with God that was so real and passionate in his life that he knew that it came to life or death. I choose death if it means that I have to stop praying. And what are the odds of all, out of all the things that the enemy was going after that they went after his prayer life? Yep, yep. Have you ever thought about that? If you pray, we're going to kill you. If we are praying, why? Because the enemy is going to try to take away the thing that means the most to God. The enemy's going to go after the thing that means that has the most power between us and God. And I think in our generation, a lot of times it has worked. We, we, we lack in fasting and praying. We lack in Bible reading. We lack in these things. And I'm not beating us up. Can I tell you guys that, man, God's done so much in my heart to open my eyes to this. Because I promise you, when you walk into the lines, den, you're going to know that you can't do that without God. Yep, yep. How does that work when you need strength? Let me ask you guys, when you really need strength and you walk to the gym, okay, here we go. Let's do this thing. Does it work that way? Does anybody? Does it work that way? Actually, a lot of times when you walk out of the gym, you're more sore than when you went into the gym. Because it's a walk with God, not just an experience with God. It's a journey with God. The Bible talked about in John 15, uh, for abide in me and I'll abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit in of itself except it abide on the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I in the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. We find our strength in God. Last thing, we must develop a passion for prayer. We have to have spiritual disciplines. I'm telling you right now, there must be spiritual disciplines in your life. If you don't have them, you are just choosing to be weak. You're choosing to fail. You you must have this priority of prayer. It's got to be do or die in my day-to-day. I don't care if they throw me to the lions or find what's going on in life. I've got to get before the throne of God. But we also must develop a passion to pray. You know why I say it that way? Because it's not, I need to squeeze this in. It's not passive. It's not just getting by. Notice when Daniel prayed, look at what he did in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his window being open to the chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled down on his knees three times a day and he prayed, and he gave God thanks to his God as he did aforetime. Now, notice this is what Daniel did. Just just to lay it out, you say, I don't know what this looks like. Number one, Daniel simply got alone with God. Daniel got alone with God. I think this is important because corporate prayer is great. This time is, class is great, and life group is great. But I'm going to challenge you, when is the last time that you just got alone with God? Shut the door and open your heart between you and God. He got alone with God. Next, he turned his attention to God. The Bible says that his windows were open being towards the chamber of Jerusalem. Where does your help come from? Now, you can read into this all that you want, but this is simply that Daniel got before the window, kneeled down on his knees, looked out the window to the place where his help came from, the place that, that he came from, the place that represented God. Where does your help come from? My help doesn't just come from OSU, although I'm very thankful for OSU. And my help doesn't come from Chase Bank. And my help doesn't come from the government or my 401k. And my help comes from God. So why aren't we just running to God first? He turned his attention to God. He humbled himself before God. The Bible says that he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed. You know what this is? It's literally this action right here. you talk talking about being old school. This isn't old school. This is a sign of humility. We talk about a place of praying We can have the audience filled with problems and the altar filled with nothing. Just being real. We talk about how much we need God, but you know what this is? When you get to that place and you bow your knees before God, you're literally saying, I'm so broken, God, I have nothing else. I am broken down. I humble myself before an almighty God. The action, I don't have this figured out and I don't have the answers. He faithfully walked with God. The Bible says that he did this three times a day. And I'm just saying it's a checklist of one, two, three. It's not about the checklist, but it is about having consistency. And then he thanked God. And the Bible says in verse 10 at the end of this, and he gave thanks before his God as he did a four times before. Do you know how crazy that is that he did that? You think about that. They literally say to him, Daniel, if you pray, you're going to die. You're going to die. Not just die. Because remember, he's not just saying that he's going to die. He's going to be tortured, ripped apart. I, I, I can't even imagine what this, this, this thought of this intimidation factor was going to go into this, into the mindset of this. Daniel got on his knees in the brokenness before God. And he just was like turning his eyes and his attention towards God and like at the end of his prayer, he's not just humbled before God because I'm telling you, mom and dad, you cannot do this by yourself. And as a pastor of this church, I cannot leave this church without God. We can face cancer we can't fix the the, the addictions in our kid's life or the depression that we fail or the the anxiety that is overwhelming us, then why are we not on our knees? Because this is a matter of I've got this, I've got this until God drives us to our knees to say, I don't have this, I don't have this. His mindset was literally in the middle of that, Lord. I, I thank God I'm gonna do it just like I have before. Do you know what thanking God does? It draws your attention back to what God already has done. It draws your attention back to the goodness of God that he has had. I, I, I'm thankful. I've got scans for Logan a week from tomorrow we go back into this lion's den again, wondering what we're gonna hear and what we're gonna find out. And you know what I wanna do before I get in there? Not only am I gonna pray, But can I thank God that today Logan does not have AFib that I prayed for for a year to go away. Logan does not have a high heart rate that we prayed for for a year to go away. Logan does not have a cough. You know why? Because God took it away. God did that. Logan's not on heart meds today because God took that away. Logan is not fatigued today because God took that away. You say, what is the big deal? Because a lot of times we get so discouraged with what we're going into that we forget about what God's already done. And that is why we worship. I'll tell you, I, I will spend that time during the week with my God. I'm going to be on my knees. I'm going, to, I'm going to be praying out to God. I'm going to do that on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday. You know why? Because I, I, I need him every day. And my flesh will sit there and say, just go away. You've got this and don't worry about it. Just like we do physically speaking. But my, my, my conviction in my heart says, no, I need him more than I need anything what I do today they determine the strength for tomorrow because that is what led to shutting the lion's mouth when he got into that pit it wasn't because he decided to be brave but because he decided to walk with God and until we get back to being broken on our knees before God then just get used to losing Just get comfortable with losing. Because unless you abide with God, you can do nothing. That's the transformation that God's looking for in our lives. Humility, brokenness, reaching out to an almighty God, asking him to do in our lives what we cannot do for ourselves.